had a department meeting on Friday on Zoom. It was a big one, like lots of grad students there and the chair of the department, et cetera. And my attention span has really suffered from being alone so much. Oh, I just It's hard for me to just yeah. stay focused. And <laughs> I was looking at my background. I was looking at those pyramids and I was just thinking, oh boy, those pyramids are so pretty. <laughs> <laughs> And then I heard the chair say, so I think Rhonda and Mike can probably speak to that. And all I could think of was speak to what? <laughs> I, I have no idea where the conversation is right now. So Rhonda spoke and then there was this silence, like they were kind of looking at me. So I just kept silent. <laughs> I think that's- I just kept quiet and, and, and they waited and then they just went on with it. But I, I felt very embarrassed, but I, I worked it out. Next time that happens, I'm gonna say, I'm sorry, my sound went out for a while. Could you say what that was? <laughs> Yeah. That's a good one. Uh -huh. I like that. Oh, yeah. I forgot to do the intro. Hold on. Oh, I didn't know we'd started. <laughs> hello, hello. You found us again on Boomerangs. This is Ruth. And this is Mike. And today, both Mike and I have watched one episode, not a piece, but we both watched the first episode of Unorthodox on Netflix. Mm -hmm. And of course, we're going to check in with each other about how the coronavirus is treating us, not the virus right. itself, but avoidance of the virus. And Mike, you had something that you wanted to talk about. I've been watching a mystery series on PBS called Modus. That's kind of interesting. Modus. Modus. It's two seasons. I've watched one season so far. Sounds like yeah. a Nordic noir. And I, it noir. is. This week, I was off. I'm a little squirrely. I'm not mm. feeling quite as, oh, what's the word, sanguine as I uh, was last week because mm -hmm. it was raining a lot of this week. And after losing that podcast and then finding it again in its oh. original form and then not being able to face re-editing it, I then had like two or three days of rain. Oh, it rained a lot this week rained a lot and I didn't get out. And the day that I did get out, I walked to the farmer's market near me, the original farmer's market on 3rd and Fairfax. And that's not a terribly long way, but I'm having a problem with some tendons that are attached to my oh. knee. And I thought I could kind of walk it out, but I couldn't. Mm -hmm. And by the time I got back, I was in so much pain. At first I took ibuprofen and then I took a muscle relaxer at night, which caused me to then sleep almost all through the next day. Oh my God. It's just a straight old muscle relaxant. But for some reason it really knocked me out and not the worst thing that's ever happened to me. I just was not <laughs> functional the next day. So wow. today I feel fine. That's uh, good. Yeah, but I have this problem with my knee and I'm not going to be walking much in the oh. foreseeable future. I'm going to have to ride my bike exclusively. That doesn't but, bother you when you ride, when you pedal? Not really. No. Oh, that's good. At least you have a, a mode of being active. Yeah, I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful that I have my bike back. Yeah. There operable. I've been pretty sedentary for this whole thing, except I do a little push-up routine every other day. I haven't been getting out and walking, but I watched another show this weekend about obesity. And it's fascinating about the biological nature of obesity and how much obesity is not what we ever thought it was. And, you know, we've shamed people who have it, who we say it's sure. a willpower problem. And they took a guy from The Biggest Loser, who was yeah. the biggest loser. He lost like hundreds of pounds. Wow. And I guess he was was really famous for a while and he's gained it all back because it's not it doesn't have to do with exercising anyway they said that they've got this hunter-gatherer tribe somewhere in Africa that they've identified that it's one of the last sociological groups that's living more or less the way they have for eons yeah and they have this simple hunter-gatherer lifestyle and in order to hunt and gather they have to walk a lot and so they said the men 
walk about seven miles a day going out and hunting, and the women walk about four or five miles a day going out and picking berries and things. It shamed me into walking. So I walked today. I did my 10,000 steps, and, and my Fitbit just went ecstatic when I hit 10,000. That's a lot of steps. That's like five miles. It's almost five. It's 4.7. It took a lot of walking to do 10,000 steps. I had to cover a lot of territory in my neighborhood. But I felt I felt like I was doing something good for my body because in that episode of Nova, they really make it clear that walking is really a vital thing. That you don't have to get your heart rate up to a certain no, level. It's, yeah, no, it's just you walk. That's what these people do. So I was sort of shamed into moving, but it feels good. Good for you. I yeah. think probably psychologically, does it give you a boost? It's good, except in the age of coronavirus, I wrap this bandana around my face and I let it slide down. But then when I see someone coming in my direction, I put it back up again so they can feel like I'm not going to cough on them or anything. It's cool. You look at people from out the top of your bandana and you kind of try to use your eyes in such a way that you can visualize you were a friend and you're acknowledging them. I'll usually say hi or something. And then I thought, oh no, they probably don't want me to say hi because then droplets will come out of my mouth if I say <laughs> hi. So we're supposed to probably stay silent and just acknowledge yeah. each other, you know, with a sober nod. Yes. I was standing in line grinding my coffee at Trader Joe's and there was a woman who I thought was angry with me because she was waiting several feet behind me. And I thought, well, she could get closer and use the other machine that's there. And it took me until like three days later to figure out, oh no, she couldn't because then she would be shoulder to shoulder with me. Oh, right. To do that. So yeah. she had to wait for me to finish. Yeah. And all of those social cues are getting very jumbled up for me. It's weird. A lot of people walking their kids in strollers or walking their kids, and I get it because I'm sure being pulled up with your kids 24-7 has to be challenging. Yeah. But this one woman, I, I thought she gave me a pretty dirty look because I was a little closer than six feet when I passed by. Okay. And afterwards, I thought, well, fuck her because I'm wearing a scarf. And she and her little girl had nothing, no face coverings on at all. Oh, so they were well, putting me in danger. You're so the person most her. vulnerable. The hell with her. The three of them. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's, it's weird. It's, I'm getting almost too accustomed to being here in my little cave. Your little know. man cave. Mm -hmm. I've, God, I've been eating so much better. <laughs> this pandemic has done wonders for my figure. Not really my, <laughs> not my figure, but my health, really. Oh, I've, that's great. I don't have the opportunity to go binge on fast food, which was more of a problem for me than I think I realized. Having withdrawn from it, I can see that at the drop of a hat, I would pull up a coupon on my phone and get a $3 double Whopper at, at Burger King and think nothing oh, of my. it. Oh, my. I thought you gave that I'm, up when you became a paleo person. I gave it up with paleo, but then I slid back into it, just like that oh. poor guy. And biggest that loser. Poor guy on the biggest loser, yeah. Well, there's a whole, well, I'm not going to go into that because I will be going off on a tangent and I don't oh. want to do that. So, should we talk about unorthodox? Sure. I could not help but feel that this woman was trying to get away from Scientology. I mean, it was completely as if she was running from a cult. Well, she was. But they're a sect. They're not really a cult. I did not know until I started watching this how mm -hmm. difficult it is to leave the Hasidic community. I didn't know that you couldn't say, to hell with you all. <laughs> I'm back right. and I'm leaving. I changed my mind. Yes. I know getting a divorce is very difficult, especially for a woman. It's very difficult in the Hasidic community. Well, she well, wanted to play piano. They didn't let her pursue piano for some reason. So that was bad news. There's a documentary on one of the streaming services called One of Us that I haven't watched. It's a couple of years old now, but it's about a guy who left the Hasidic community and, oh, you know, him being like that. disowned by his mother and all of this kind of thing. It's not something you do, apparently. Lightly. Maybe it is more like a cult than a religion. I don't know. 
I mean, the Amish, you can't leave the, you have a room springer. The Amish have, I believe it's on their 16th birthday, they have, is it a year to experience life on the outside? Oh, really? Or they make the decision to come back in. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know if the word cult applies to the Hasidic community, but it does seem like it's a very controlled and controlling culture that you don't exercise choice too much in well, terms of whether or not you want to follow their practices. Women are themselves not valued the way that men right. are. And yeah. I'm fascinated. I'm definitely going to watch the rest of the episodes. Mm-hmm. It was- I love the shots of Berlin. That's kind of fun too. She flies in and she has the cab from the airport. And I remember doing that. So it was kind of fun to see how it's all changed since yeah. uh, the wall came down. The shots of Berlin made it look like a completely modern city with some very anachronistic buildings mm-hmm. thrown in for good measure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But mostly it looked very new. Yeah. Did I was surprised. Get, I remember she went to the place that was supposed to put her up and, that, and nobody was home. And that's why she started wandering around on her own and ended up I, in that music academy. Did she ever go home? I don't know. I mean, those people must have been expecting her. And there was that time when she saw the woman who seemed to be looking for someone. Oh, right. And it wasn't. It wasn't her. So I guess that mystery, I mean, that's the gun in the first act. Right, right. Is how does she survive? I guess she didn't have too many belongings to take with her. So that's good. She didn't have to lug a big suitcase all over town. No, but did you? Oh, well, I don't want to spoil it for anybody who might watch it. It's very compelling. Yeah, I was just going to say that very same thing. It's really interesting. And she's great. I believed her right away. She's so glad to be out that she's not even scared yet. Who knows what will happen? But the sense of freedom that she's having, I I just love that. And the whole bit about music and how important that's been to her. And oh, it's just great. Yes. There was one thing that was said early on about her husband-to-be said something about he and his father and his brother performed at times. And he asked if she liked music. And she said, you mean to perform? And he said, oh, of course not. Right. Of course not. So I more will be revealed. Yeah, there's more backstory on that that'll come out. There's also something about, is it a cousin who every time they mention his name, everyone in the community kind of shakes their head and, you know. It's Moisha. He must have done something horrible. He works in the Diamond District or something. Um, Oh, I thought they all worked in the Diamond District. Well, they probably do. Anyway, there's a 'er ne'er-do-well in there that we'll probably learn more about. Yeah, he just seems like a difficult, complicated customer. I'm sure we'll learn more about him as Mm -hmm. the plot thickens. So you had, what was it, another Nordic Noir that you were- I found another series to watch called Modus, M-O-D-U-S, like Modus Operandi. And yeah, it's Swedish and it's on PBS. I have PBS Passport, so that's how I watch it. What is PBS Passport? It's like PBS's version of streaming. You pay like five bucks a month and you can go on their site. I can watch Frontlines if I want to, or I can watch Nova's uh, episodes of all their different things. And this one was on there. It's good. I mean, it followed the recipe completely. It's a little more American oriented. And maybe that's why PBS ran it in that the main character, she's a psychology professor, but she used to be a crime profiler for Swedish police and also for the FBI. So she has a a history in the United States also. There's some flaws in it. Like there's scenes in it where she has to make, she has to call people she knows in the FBI back in the States for information that'll help her solve this current problem. And you can tell that they've hired Swedish actors who were doing their best. They're supposed to be Southerners. So 
you have Swedish actors trying to affect <laughs> a U.S. Southern accent. Because it's easier They're, for them. Well, is that maybe why? British people have a much easier time With the because Southern. the R's aren't so sharp. All right. Well, maybe Consonants that's aren't it. so sharp. Maybe that's it. Anyway, it's a good show. And uh, Remember the, the podcast where you talked about the concept of the Nordic Noir? That was the one hmm. that I lost. So oh. our people haven't heard about the... Oh, about my addiction to this genre. Exactly. Yeah. They're called Nordic Noir. I mean, that's just a term that's come up. The best one ever is the first one I watched. None of them has come up to the level of the first one I watched. Which one is that? The best one of all is called The Bridge. And they did an American version of it. Oh, The Bridge, yeah. And they did a Canadian version of it too. I watched a little of the American. I didn't think it really came close. But the Swedish one, it's great. It's about two detectives. A, a crime happens and the body is found on the literally on the border between Denmark and Sweden. So there has to be one cop, one detective huh. from Sweden and one from Denmark. And I guess those two countries aren't so fond of each other. So there's tension there, but it's brilliant. And the main character, they don't ever say what's wrong with her, but mentally she's got like a form of autism or something. So she can't really relate to people yeah. in a, what you would call a normal way. She'll say things that are kind of overly blunt, things a kid might say, or like she'll, she'll go to a bar and she'll say, do you want to go home and have sex? You know, she, like there's no nuance. She has no nuance. That was mentioned about the American version that that was something that that female detective had as well. So they, oh, okay. they, so they tried to extrapolate that in. From, Anyway, but it's a really good one. And the way the crimes are revealed and the way the twists and turns happen and the, the pattern and how you finally find out, you know, how these things fit together is brilliantly done. There's supposed to be one called The Killing that I think is dated. Oh, yes. I've heard of that one. And there's there's an American version of that. Too. There is an American. And they say the American version, they set the American one in Seattle. And I watched the beginning of it until I realized it was the American version and I really wanted to see the Danish version. I don't think you can watch it unless you pay a hefty premium. Oh, and I, yeah. I haven't been willing to do that so far. But there's many others. There's one called Case and there's one called Fortitude. And they're all in Iceland or Sweden or Norway. And did you watch the one I love Borgen? Them. Did, hmm? did you watch Borgen? The one Borgen was great, yeah. Borgen's and, kind of in that same group. That's more of a political thriller, It's right? more politics than crime, but very similar. Oh, good. I don't know. And this one really features Stockholm. So you see a lot of Stockholm exteriors, and, and they're really interesting looking. Is that some place you think about going? Do you have an affinity for it? No, not particularly. I just like, they always happen in winter. Yeah. The scenery is stark and beautiful and there's something about the scenery that is sort of symbolizing the jaggedness and the harshness of the psyche of the people who are both victims of these crimes and also committing them yeah, I like oh, interesting. Them. I just think about our, you know, our high school fascination with Ingmar Bergman. Oh yeah, and that's right. And how cold he found the Swedish psyche. Yeah, there's a starkness Repressed. about it that I think lends itself to a mystery, yeah. to a procedural, because it's kind of like everything's so quiet and contained and on the surface so orderly. So it's fun to kind of have these stories about stuff happening under the surface that's quite different from the way things look up above ground. Are you a fan of the girl with the dragon tattoo? I watched those so long ago and I did like them. But whenever you look up what's the best Nordic Noirs on streaming, they'll always say girl with dragon tattoo is the top of the line. That's, oh, really? That's like the epitome. Yeah. But, you know, but those are feature films. Yeah. And they're both in Swedish and there's an American version right. as well. And the American version is very, very good. The Swedish version is, if anything, darker than the American one, although they're yeah. extremely similar. I mean, they do really cleave to the book very yeah. closely. The Bridge, I really recommend wholeheartedly. It's the best one of all the ones I've watched. And what's fun about it, too, is that 
the character is so bizarre that there's actually some weird humor to it. You know, it's not just oh, really? who done it. She's so inappropriate that it's funny in certain situations. But you also grow to kind of love her, and you you don't fully understand her, but you definitely understand that she is just not like the rest of us, and she has to negotiate life in a way that most of us don't have oh. to. Yeah, it's fun. She's a fun character. I will look into it. I hadn't been so keen on it until you just talked about. It. I mean, I I've would say try the before. try an episode of The Bridge and see what you think. If you don't like that one, then the rest are probably not going to be that interesting. I haven't found anything that good so far. I love a good mystery, although you know procedurals are not necessarily my thing. But I do love a good mystery. I don't know. I like those cold, those cold stories. Yeah. <laughs> I thought maybe you had, like, I would love to go to Denmark. Sweden doesn't really have much appeal for me, but I would love to yeah. go to Copenhagen. So yeah. I thought maybe you just had, I mean, I know you're a Francophile, but I thought maybe... Right. Well, I went to Iceland about five or yeah. six years ago, and I, it was fun. It was great. Yeah. Uh, I'd love to go to Iceland, too. It's beautiful there. I mean, you can drive for half an hour, and you can see every kind of landform that there is. Geysers, waterfalls, glaciers, everything. Sounds yeah. fascinating. I wanted to mention that Phoebe Waller-Bridge yes. a flea bag as a one-woman show that was recorded on Amazon. And oh I think God. you have to pay something like $1.99. It's for the benefit of artists. I think we have two weeks to watch it. Was it put together in response to I think people it was being out of work? She was doing it on Broadway. Uh, maybe they were, had plans to air it and they right. decided to couple it with this benefit. But oh, I'm going to watch that. Yeah. Now, would it be good for me to finish watching all of the episodes before I watch her live show, or it probably wouldn't matter? I don't think so. Have you gone through the first season? I'm about three quarters of the first season. I think Other, you got distracted by shows. <laughs> Swedish crime series. I can't help myself. I think that you could watch it without having any ill effects okay. on, on the <laughs> series. Her one-woman show is a very condensed version of the first season, but okay. it's very different, I've heard. I mean, it's a okay. one-woman show without other actors in it. So right. it's got to be different. That's great. But it's, it's a film of her doing this in a theater. Yeah. That sounds great. That yeah, sounds I, fun. I really want to see it. She has another series that she wrote or co-wrote called Run. That's, okay. That's another Phoebe Waller-Bridge extravaganza. I heard something also great. This is just a little random, but it just is occurring to me. I was listening to on NPR live from here yesterday. They're calling it live from home during the pandemic because they're all <laughs> calling it in from wherever they are. So Chris Feely and his wife, Claire, and their little girl, they sing in honor of Sondheim's birthday a couple <gasps> of weeks ago. No. They sing from company the song, It's the Little Things You Do Together. And it's so great. No. They do the whole thing. There's an opening scene to that song where they, the woman's been right. taking karate lessons and the husband says, I'd like to see what my money's been paying for. And she says, oh, I don't want to do that. And she says, he says, no, no, show me something. And she says, well, okay, why don't you just stand there? And that's where it starts. He says, okay, I'm standing here. Now what? And she goes, hmm. <laughs> okay, just come at me. And you don't see it, of course, in the recording, but you hear this tussle. And you hear her throw him to the floor. And then Elaine Stritch, of course, comes in and goes, it's the little things you do together, do together. That is a little, together. how old is the little girl? She's, She's just a kid, but they have her play Bobby. She plays Bobby, who's oh. visiting the couple. And then Chris plays the husband, and Claire plays the wife. Oh and the little God. girl plays Bobby. So they have this little girl saying, I don't know Bobby's part too well, but she'll say little things like, gee, Sarah, 
you've really learned a lot in those karate lessons. <laughs> it's just a little kid. But it's so adorable. It reminded me of a marriage story when the guy sings oh, yeah. Being Alive. alive. Yeah. I was so charmed that that show, uh, I don't listen to it a lot, like from here. They're into music that I don't hear them going towards musical theater too much. They're, a lot of, they, they do a lot of folk music. A lot music. of bluegrass and folk. Yes. Yeah. yeah. A lot of very earthy kind of folky type of, of songs. And uh, they did a happy birthday Stephen Sondheim segment. I thought that, that was is really sweet. surprising. Yeah, it was great. I love Chris Lee. I mean, he's he plays the mandolin. He's yeah. he's so talented. He was a real find when they placed Garrison Keillor with him. It was like boy, I got and not a minute too soon, as it turned out. I right? know, incredible. He turned out to be a walking time bomb. Isn't that awful? But how great that he when he took over the show, they made it a whole different show. You know, I think they made it a whole different show once all of the Me Too stuff came out. It was, was oh, see, I thought that was a happy coincidence. No, thought, it was a Prairie Home Companion until the Me Too stuff come came out, and then they changed it to Live from Here. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. they just changed the whole format. He had changed some, maybe, and maybe he already had changed some of the format, but kept the title at least until all that happened yeah oh i did not know that i thought it was just good timing it was pretty good timing it was pretty close like he had been there i think one season or a season right. and a half right and all of it came out about oh, wow. well cool. on that happy note <laughs> <laughs> i guess it's time to say goodbye goodbye boomers thanks for finding us and sticking with us and we'll talk to you again in a week if watch i don't embrace this podcast watch yeah the watch the bridge okay okay bye-bye Bye, boomers. Bye.